Well, hey, everybody, Dave DeBow here with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. A couple of fantastic guests on the show here today. We've got Roz and Sean Woodland. These are a real estate investing power couple, and we're going to be talking about their journey and especially what they're up to these days in the multifamily space. So Roz and Sean, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Well, it's nice great to, to have you. And I know we've we've met over the years in different things, and I'm I'm looking forward to catching up. But before we jump right in, Roz, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you guys got into real estate investing? What's the the quick little backstory there? Because you have a very interesting one. I, I kind of love telling this story, Dave. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. So uh, <laughs> when, before Sean and I got married, we were having our premarital counseling with our pastor. So I'm coming in. Uh Sean is my third husband, two bankruptcies, you know, like I'm the ultimate investor, right? Sean <laughs> uh, at that point was $40,000 in debt and our pastor, God love him, just said like, <laughs> your financial issues are out of my league. You need some special help. So we went for that special financial help and, um, and Sean had always wanted to be an investor and it was terrifying for me, the idea of I didn't. I was happy renting in my all-inclusive apartment within 20 minutes walk of my work. Mm. No, I wasn't. I wasn't going to do it. <clears throat> anyway, Sean, uh, his passion is real estate. He started reading. He would insist that I, you know, read some books, and I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> like a fun start there, Sean. I tell you what. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> anyway, uh, we were introduced to our uh, realtors and now our best friends. We just came back from their condo in Playa del Carmen for two weeks. Nice. Uh, yeah, so it's been quite a growth journey. Um, so I would attend everything very reluctantly. And then, but I'm a numbers person, I'm a math person. So then when I realized that it's all math, it's just mm. math, that uh, it became um, much more real to me. And then saying, well, this actually makes sense. Numbers don't lie. And uh, so now I'm uh, fully on board as an investor. Sean and I just both uh, retired from our full-time positions. Sean with the city wow. of Ottawa last year and me and uh, my 20-year career at Carleton University to um, give everything that we've got to our investment company and enjoy Congratulations. It. So yeah. what did that the, the beginning of that journey look like? What were the what was the first deal you guys jumped into? You know, once you got on board, or did were you kind of dragged in, kicking and screaming at that point? Still, Ross, I think I maybe sixty percent on board, forty percent reluctance at that point. Yeah, yeah. And what was it? What kind of a what was the first property? Right, talking about it, Sean. Sure, we we invested in a, a duplex that was vacant. We didn't understand the importance of a vacant duplex at that time because we were <laughs> completely green. Yeah, uh, we bought that for 114,000 in the s- secondary market, and the the previous rent was $600 a month upstairs, and we increased it $100, and that wow. to us was gold. Yeah, but we were still way under <laughs> under market value. <laughs> but yeah, that was our first deal. We were with uh, with our coaching from our real estate agent. We were able to refinance out of that, and then we had our first infinite return on investment. Nice, nice. So you got off to a good start, a little bit of beginner's luck there, perhaps, but uh, quickly, quickly (laughs) learning what's going on. So let's take a look at what's going on with you guys today. So for the benefit of our listeners, please tell us a little bit about where you're at today with your real estate investing journey. Primarily, like what's your main 
focus? What, what's your main strategy and the main market that you're focusing on? We're investing now. We've pivoted from all the smaller ones. We're starting to invest in larger commercials, five units and more, yeah. ideally 18 and more. So we're getting away from the, the having to qualify for properties to the properties qualifying for themselves. We're, we're finding great success in that when we upgrade the units and increase the rents to increase the investor's return on investment. Um, we're also, we have a couple of builds we're, we're getting started. We're gonna be building on the existing 18 unit that we own. We're gonna be building another 18 to, to 25 units there. So you got, a, you got a big piece of property that's underutilized. You can add more units to it. Or are you going up on the existing structure? No, we're going to build a separate building. So it. it's it's big enough that we're able to do that. And yeah, we're going to try and do our best with the MLI select to make it qualified to for lesser of a down payment. So excellent. Excellent. And what what market are you guys? I know you guys, I believe you're in, in Ottawa. Are you focusing on the Ontario market? Are you going out of province? Where where are you guys doing your deals these days? We're uh, primarily in in the Ontario market within uh, an hour or so of Ottawa, but if the numbers work, we're open to anything. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. That's, all, that's right. You're the numbers lady, right? That's right. That's what it's all about. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. Okay, so that and and was that kind of a journey for you guys? It sounded like you got your first property was a small multifamily. A duplex is more than one unit, so that's multi. Uh, and and now you're getting up into into bigger ones. That's great. Um, yeah, that's. That's something that I notice a lot of people doing. Like they start off with a single family home and, you know, duplex, you jumped right into a duplex. So hats off to you for that. And, and then gradually kind of bit, build up into bigger deals, getting into multifamily space, just because I don't know, do you guys find it's really just about the efficiencies of scale? It's so much easier to, to manage a bunch of units under one roof versus a whole bunch of different places spread out all, the, all over the place. Yes, I would say that that's exactly what's happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, that's great. That's great. All right. So it sounds like you're off to a fantastic start. When when did you buy that first investment property? How long have you guys been doing this? I think it was 2017. We we got our first. We we sort of coasted on that because we were going to buy one, wait five years, refinance, and do another one. Uh -huh. And it just, that was way too long. So um, <laughs> that's the challenge with self-financing everything, right? Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we started, uh, we got some, some coaching. We started coaching in 2020 and we were able to, to speed that up. So in our first year, we, we closed five duplexes. The next year we closed an 18 unit, a fourplex, and then we started doing duplex conversions and wow. now we're, now we're buying land and so you, you bought the first property and then kind of sat on it for two or three years, waiting, thinking that you just wanted to self-finance and and grow slowly. Then one or both of you got impatient with that idea and said to heck with that. <laughs> and you and you saw and you got coaching, which is amazing, right? That's I hear this over and over again. It's just get a coach, get a mentor, it just opens your eyes to the possibilities that you could, you know, it gets you out of your own head and shows you what you actually could do yes. instead of what you think you can do. Right? Yeah. The possibilities, the infinite yeah. possibilities. Absolutely. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, is yeah. So that was, that's, that's a good lesson. You got, I'm glad you didn't wait those five years and just kind of do ones <laughs> and twos every five years. That's, that's awesome. So it sounds like 
Now you guys have a much bigger vision. What are you looking to do over the next 12 months or so? What, what are you hoping to see uh, with your real estate investing business? Um, I think we want to scale to larger, larger multis because it's a lot easier. We're, we're starting to become, we have a lot, we're attracting a lot of investors who want to invest their money. Mm-hmm. And it's just a lot easier to do it through through that road going down with the multifamilies. Um, no qualifying again with mortgages and in that stuff. So, yeah, you might have to you might have to be on part with there for guaranteeing a few things, but your mm-hmm. your personal income definitely doesn't come into play as as much as it does, you know, with a single family home or or something under five units where they're really looking at you guys as hey. If something goes wrong with this property, can they, through their own personal income, pay the bills? Right? That's mm-hmm. that's what the banks really care about. Get beyond the five units. Now they're looking at your building as a business on its own that should be able to generate enough cash flow to pay the mortgage, which is at the end of the day what the bank really cares about. And uh, and, and if not, they can go in, get it back, and they don't have to worry about losing money. Right? That's that's the big banks and what they're looking at. Awesome. So you're looking at expanding that, but again, what does that really kind of look like over 12 months, Sean? What what are you hoping to accomplish between now and 12 months from now? Is it a unit count? Is it a number of buildings? Is it what? How do you guys measure success? I think to measure our success, it's not about unit counts. It's about helping create passive income for people to help achieve their their goals of retirement or people that don't have a nest egg or a pension that we can help them. So that that's our primary focus is helping. Uh, as Roz changed our tagline at the bottom of our uh, logo, it's now do good and build wealth. And mm-hmm. that, that's what we do as a business. But you're not a charity, right? No. Like, 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 like we won't bullshit people and say it's all about being 100% altruistic. You guys are doing good and building wealth for your investors and yourselves at the same time. Otherwise, you're a charity, which you're not. So yeah, let me let me just speak to that for a minute because that was part yeah. of my resistance because I was thinking, uh, I mean, it's just part of my uh, inheritance from the way I was raised that if you're wealthy, that you were greedy and you couldn't, you weren't a good person, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's just we all we all have a lot of that hang up for sure. Right, right. Yeah. So that was part of my resistance to be like because we're talking about wealth, 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 wealthy people, real estate, and I'm like, ah. Um, so part of our doing good is doing good for our tenants. We offer them uh, the same um, course that we took that was free that we went to after we talked to our pastor. We oh. offer them um, <clears throat> if they want to uh, have us help them raise their credit rating. We we do offer them like on a personal basis. So we Lovely. were able to marry those two different values of my do good and uh-huh. Sean's build wealth thing. So that's where the, that tagline came from. So we're a little it. different. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, the doing good is definitely building wealth, legacy wealth for uh, investor, but it's also doing good on the tenants. Um, for me, one of the greatest things was taking a uh, single mom whose credit score was, uh, she, you know, she declared bankruptcy uh, in her divorce. She was a tenant. Uh, she is now um, in, looking for a home to buy, wow. and I'm uh, talking to her about buy a duplex, right? Like if you're going to yeah. buy a house, buy a duplex, become an investor, and so that to me, that um, that's success for me. 
That is, that is a wonderful, and I was going to ask you that, what's like your favorite success story? I just heard it. That's a wonderful one. And you can relate because you've been there. Like you've, you've gone through exactly what that woman's going through now. So you can, and she can relate to you. Okay. So that makes a lot of sense. So you're doing good for your tenants. You're not just providing them with a, you know, a quality place to live, a quality Mm -hmm. home, which you are, but you're going above and beyond. And if they want it, you're pointing them in the direction where they can get ahead financially themselves yep. or get out from, from these yeah. kind of situations if, that so many if people If they have. want it. If they want it. Yeah, <laughs> if so they want you, it. <laughs> I'm, I'm just really curious about that. How do you even bring that up? Because at this point, you guys have dozens and dozens of tenants yes. between your different properties. Um, how do you bring that up to somebody? What does that kind of look like? Well, in the, of course, you know that when you become a landlord, you have your, the tenants that you inherit (laughs) and then, and then the ones that you pre-screen that you get to choose. And Mm -hmm. usually when we go through the uh, process of choosing a tenant, you know, we, we don't just do it via credit score. We have a conversation. It's a relationship because we're going to have a tenant landlord relationship. And then we, we talk to them and just say, yeah, I understand the situation. You don't have anything in your credit check history that suggests that you're not going to pay your bills. So that's good. Credit score is a little bit low. Your credit cards are a little bit high. You know, would you like us to help you uh, get a grip on this? And, you know, because I'm going to assume that someday you would like to own your own home and you wouldn't always like to pay our mortgage. Right? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> and not everybody says yes. Not everybody. No. like, no, I, I got it. I'm like, okay, great. Yeah. Because isn't it, isn't it so interesting? I don't know if you guys found this when that pastor gave you that slap upside the head, the reality check <laughs> when you're getting into the marriage. Yeah. But so many people are so hesitant to talk about their finances, right? It's just, it's that taboo subject. In fact, Quite a few people are more open about talking about their sexual lives than they're about their financial lives. It's crazy. Um, do you is that kind of what you're feeling with the resistance sometimes with those tenants? It I don't know. It's just I know money 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 is a yeah, it's just a weird thing, right? Everybody it wants is. you to think that we're all doing great and that's all good. And you know, we're yeah, but you're looking at their credit report saying, Hey, it it we can tell it ain't that great, but they yeah. don't want to face it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, well, I hats off to you for at least trying and and having some success and adding that on as a little differentiator between you and and everybody else. Mm. All right, so you guys, you've accomplished a lot in a relatively short period of time. I mean, crying out loud, you got the first property in 2017, and then you put a hold on things for like three years. Then you got <laughs> serious in 2020. At the time yeah. of recording, this is 2023. You've both retired from your full-time <laughs> professions and you're doing this this crazy world of real estate full-time now so with all all that you've accomplished uh what would you say is is your biggest obstacle or what's slowing you down right now from from hitting those goals of just you know continuing to grow things and 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 doing good while creating wealth one of excuse me one of the biggest roadblocks that we have is time. So we, we're looking to re, re, like pivot our business where we can make, bring people in to take care of the stuff that's distracting us. Mm. And once we have that time freedom, then we can focus more on raising more capital. We can focus more on finding deals and underwriting and, and experimenting in different provinces and different places. 
Yeah. Time, time challenges. That is the big one for so many of us. That's for sure. So, um, yeah, hats off to you. I've, I've read a book a, a while ago called who not how I'm sure you guys are, mm-hmm. are familiar with that one. That is a phenomenal book there. Yep. So yeah, hands off, hats off to you for looking to be creating that team or outsourcing things or figuring out more effective ways to do stuff. So it, it sounds like you guys are doing well right now with, with raising capital for these new deals. I mean, you've brought on a lot of properties very quickly. You didn't wait the five years <laughs> for that duplex to pay down and raise in value so you can self-finance everything. You've started working with with investors and joint venture partners. How did how does does that look? What does that part of your business look like? To to raise capital, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. So what are you, what are you we, guys doing that you're finding very effective? Or how did you get started and, and how does that change from what you're doing now? I have been very reluctant over the years with social media to post things over social media because you're always wondering who's watching and you don't want people to judge or everybody thinks you're doing a scam or pulling a scam. Yeah. Anyway, I was I was taught, well, Roz and I were both taught that social media is a very powerful tool. So I shifted my mindset and now we post on social media all the time. I mean, we're only utilizing Facebook at this present time and our website, but people have the option. They, they see what we're doing every day. So rather than approaching people and asking them for money, we're attracting people. People mm-hmm. come to us, they see what we're doing. They're seeing the successes that we're posting on there. And we, we even had an interesting conversation yesterday with raising capital because we went in for uh, a cash call with one of our investors. We had a basement flood for one of our duplexes. And we're like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna need thirty five thousand in order to fix this, do wrap the the basement. He's like, oh, okay, received it very well. And then he says, we have another one hundred sixty thousand. We want to do another one. Like that was Good an amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Going in for a cash call, and then the guy says, yeah, no problem. By the way, I got some more money. <laughs> yeah, it, it was an incredible feeling because I was going in just like, oh no, this is going to be horrible. Yeah. And it walked out as a huge, huge, huge blessing. Now, here's what I'm going to assume, and correct me if I'm wrong. I'm assuming that you've been paying that guy on time and he's been very happy with the investment so far and it's been generating a very good ROI for him up until this little glitch. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, that's pretty accurate. We we also refinanced out and was able to give him probably about 65% of his money back out of that deal. So he got most of his cash out already. Yeah. 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 Okay. That, that makes a happier camper that, that makes that (laughs) conversation a little easier to, to stomach. That's for sure. Okay. Well, that's, that, (laughs) that is fantastic. Thanks for, for sharing that. I love, love the, uh, the social media side of things. Cause I'm with you, Sean, like I'm, I'm not big into like, I don't use social media the way most people do, or it's kind of designed for, which is sharing what you had for lunch and all that (laughs) crap that nobody really cares about. So, so what is it that you guys are posting on social media and, and how are you doing that? Cause you mentioned you're talking about what you're up to and every day, what you're doing, what is, what does that actually look like for people that haven't seen what you guys do? So I'll, we'll we'll have several projects on the go. We'll have either apartment uh, redoing them all, gutting them out and redoing them, or we're doing duplex conversions. 
and every day I'll go take pictures of progress reports and okay. and then and then I know what everybody loves to see on social media is when you post a, a bank draft. Ah, okay. For for a re, like, oh, we just refinance, and we know people love to see those. But those those numbers are what draw people. Interesting. So, yeah. Yeah. So we'll post the return, or not a return, but but the refinance money, and and maybe a couple different checks, and that gets people that gets people greed, reach out that you don't even know are watching. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So it's, I find, I don't know, I'd love to hear your point of view on this, you guys. It's a delicate balancing act. You have to, social media is awesome and it's very powerful. However, it can also backfire if you do it wrong, because it's not just your quote unquote Facebook friends that necessarily see everything that you're doing. But you guys in Ontario have this little thing called the Ontario Securities Commission, mm -hmm. who can also see exactly what you're doing. And if they get a whiff that it comes across like you're soliciting for investors or you're offering returns or guarantees or anything like that, that can open up a whole world of hurt really, really quickly. And I've seen it happen quite a few times. And the challenge mm -hmm. is a lot of people get away with it for quite a while and mm -hmm. it's a big government, government bureaucracy type thing. So, but once they, if they latch onto you, it can be a very, very, uh, wrenching and scary and expensive experience, even if you win. Um, mm -hmm. So what, what are your thoughts on that? And what do you guys do to avoid getting in trouble? Never post a guarantee. So you're just showing what you're doing. And if you, if you have a check, we post a check, there's no paying investors back or whatever it is. It's just, this is a check. Yeah. You're, so you're I not mean, meant, you're not directly overtly saying, Hey, like so many people do. Hey, if you're interested in investing, contact us on, on social media. Is is that correct? Yeah, we might put something like if you're interesting, interested in seeing what we just did, reach out. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. So it's it's or if very... you're interested in doing good and building wealth, mm -hmm. reach out. So again, we got to be got to just my indirect experiences. We got to be really careful with the wording around things, and mm -hmm. yeah, very very generic and. And yeah. not coming across at all like you're soliciting investors. No, um, and we've um, never, I mean, and I can honestly say never um, posted about a percentage return or anything like good. that, right? So good. we're just, you know. And, yeah. and if you're listening to this or watching this and you have done that, go and delete it. Delete it. <laughs> Immediately. Absolutely. <laughs> awesome, you guys. Okay, so it sounds like say, the whole social media thing is working very nice for you for uh, getting the word out, showing people proof of what you're doing, showing the activity, showing the before and after pictures, which that's something else people love to see, right? The, Absolutely. The, the ugly yeah. befores and the pretty afters, showing people the uh, the checks, showing them that, that proof of, of concept. That's very, very powerful. Um, so once you've kind of created that curiosity and somebody has reached out for you guys, how does how does that step of converting them from just kind of a interested bystander into a, an investor or a joint venture partner. And what are you guys kind of working with these days? Is it more joint venture partners like the guy with the, the duplex conversion, or are you starting to, to syndicate your deals? Um, we're so for the smaller deals that we've been doing, we're just raising capital and we do JVs. Yeah. Um, for the, the apartment buildings we're we're going to do sort of like a GPLP structure, syndicate mm -hmm. people, bring them in and 
when the time comes. We have our one, we, we were gonna raise capital for it. And before we even had it under contract, somebody reached out to us, said that they were gonna finance it for us. They're gonna split with us on it. So we've never had to go to the extent of trying to raise, like money comes, we have it for all the small ones, but we have never actually done a full syndication mm. in an apartment, but that's that's gonna be the focus moving forward to, to take down the bigger buildings. The next steps, yeah, that makes sense. So for these people that have kind of put up their hand and shown interest, what do you guys do to kind of stay top of mind and and um, in touch with them? Or is it just the social media stuff? Social media, um, we get on calls, people reach out and we give them our, our Calendly link and then they'll come and we'll just have conversations. We're not asking them for money. They're they're reaching out, asking us questions. And then in the end, it's, it's 99% of the time people are like, okay, you haven't asked us for any money yet, but we really want to invest. <laughs> so, so we're building a relationship first before yeah. we're asking for money. Because typically everybody's out there. We're we're all looking for capital in this industry. The the working partners are. So our our approach is different. We just wait for people to come and and ask and offer. Yeah. Well, you you create those conversations, and then you're very kind of non-pushy, non-salesy on them. It's all about creating that relationship and encourage, well, and and they're kind of waiting for you to ask about that and you don't. So then they fill in the gap and, and they ask for you. That's yeah. Smart. Well, we, you know, considering where we, Sean and I started from, you know, and, and with our pastor before getting married, you have to, you know, keep in mind that these uh, financial relationships could last 10, 15, 20 years, right? Yeah. So it's, I would liken it more to um, one of our, our mentors says, you you know, you marry the price, uh, you date the terms, but it's the same thing. Like you're, you're, you marry the deal, but you want to make sure that who you're getting into this deal with, that you're going to be able to uh, want to maintain a relationship with them for 15, 20 years, if you're doing a buy and hold. Right. And yeah. uh, we had one experience where with um, one investor that, before the deal closed that we decided that we didn't it wasn't didn't, a good didn't fit. want to work with that person, it wasn't yeah. a good fit it wasn't a good yeah. fit and they're they are uh, close friends of ours but it just wasn't a good fit and um we were able because we have these other people that say they want to invest with us come in and buy out their um portion of that deal and every and so we were able to you know everything's still intact the relationship is still intact they got their their money back and we have a new uh, partnership in this deal. So we were very happy with that. So, yeah, you know, it's important to, that's why we, I think we have it on our website that, it, that it's at building relationships through real estate. Yeah. Right. So we, I, again, we just want to make sure that we're, um, because we're the do good part, we wouldn't want to partner with people, let's say in a province that's much more landlord friendly, that would just want to go in and raise everybody's rent by $300. Like that's, that's not who we are. So we want to make sure that we're not um, in partnership with somebody who has that expectation because we won't be able to meet that. Well, good news is, yeah, you can't, you can't meet that in, in Ontario anyway. You absolutely can't. <laughs> and and yeah. your question, I, I remember learning this from you is what's the value of one investor? Yeah. So you can it, keep going. If the, you have a good relationship, they're going to yeah. keep investing. Huge. With you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the light, and you, Sean, just a, a hint, you guys should probably recalculate that now with these bigger deals. I think it'll blow your mind. <laughs> Absolutely. The, the new number for sure. Oh, that's awesome. I've got a, a kind of a 
different kind of question for you guys because you're a, you're a power couple team working together, investing together. Um, Roz, not not your first kick of the can with marriage, and what 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 is it like? Not just living together, being spouses, but working together and investing together. Seems like you guys have really made it work really well. What's what's one of your secrets or one of your tips that you might have for other couples that are wanting to do something like this? I would say <laughs> Sean and I attended a great couples uh, retreat last year in uh, Montbello. And so I would say invest uh, as heavily in learning about each other and mm. relationship as you do in real estate. That would, nice. yeah. If you're, if you're reading books uh, about real estate, uh, then I would also suggest that you read books about relationship because Very it uh, expands to everything, every relationship, right? Very good advice. Roz. And how about you, Sean? What's, what's a different piece of advice that you might have from your perspective for making things work in so many different areas living, working, investing with your spouse? That's a good question. Because um, I know that I'm highly focused on real estate and I know that that can be overpowering in our relationship because I'm always bringing stuff. So yeah, uh, areas where I need to improve myself in our marriage for that would be to schedule time and shut shut the business side off and spend quality time with it's Ross. tough isn't it it is tough it, it is but, but you guys you're you've been together for a number of years now you've you've gone through massive quick growth yeah i could tell that you love each other so so sean what 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 is it in addition to attending these kind of couples retreat what what do you find one of the success ingredients in your relationship relationship being um Another great question. <laughs> I think making, putting Roz first in things, like if there's something she wants to do, like for example, one of her dreams on her bucket list is to go to Greece and do a tour. And nice. she has a birthday coming up and, and I told her to start looking into getting tickets or finding a way or whoever she wants to do it to start putting that together. And because I know that that what I do, and I'm so focused on this, that if I can make those things that she wants to do and loves to do a priority, I think that really helps towards our, our marriage as well. Smart to give her man. the fruits of my labor. Yeah, fruits labor. Of, of your labor, both of you, because you're both yeah. working in the, in the business. Fantastic. This has been a lot of fun, you guys. Thank you very much for sharing some of your insights and your experience and your and and your learnings along the ways, the the good stuff, the not so good stuff, some of the challenges as well. Really appreciate that. If people want to connect with you and find out more about you, what should they do? They can reach out to, on our website, woodlandrealtyinvestments.com and click our Calendly link on there, or they can reach out to us on Facebook. We're, we're all over. <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Thanks, you guys. Roz, it's been a pleasure. Sean, it's been a pleasure. Thanks, and everybody. Dave. Thanks Thank for you. tuning in and we'll talk to you on the next episode.